Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. Sam is a certified psychic medium, wellness coach, and is the executive director of Grounded Roots Wellness Incorporated and is your answer to finding wellness in every area of life. Welcome to Grounded Roots with Sam Black. I am your host, Sam Black, and I'm coming to you live from Niagara Falls, Ontario. You know, my husband and I have a wellness center here called Grounded Roots Wellness, and it's a space really designed to help people with healing in every area of life and finding wellness and feeling complete. And our guest today, Rochelle, is absolutely a wonderful complement to what we offer, but also has a unique perspective on business as she is during an identity shift and kind of changing your focus a little bit. And I know as entrepreneurs, we do that. You know, we go through these cocoon periods where we don't really know where we're going, how we're going to transition, but we just trust that a butterfly is going to form and fly away. And that's really what entrepreneurship is all about. So I would love to welcome Rochelle to the show. Rochelle, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hi, Sam. Hi, good morning. How are you doing? I'm fantastic. How are you? I am doing wonderfully. So, Rochelle, now that we've got you on the air, you know, you have really been through a wide range of experience, and I love how you integrate all of everything you've been through. Can you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am, um, like many women, doing multiple, multiple things, and I prefer that. That's what I enjoy, so I've stopped trying to deny it. Um, I just have my hands in a lot of stuff. I'm a psychotherapist part-time. I have a private practice in downtown Manhattan, and I have I've done several business ventures over the years, but I have currently landed in the thing that I love to do the most, which is create communities for women and travel the world. Uh, So I recently launched my company, Ascend Retreats, where we do workshops and masterminds around the world. We have a lot of things lined up for 2017, and I'm excited to share uh, what I've been doing and what I'm doing currently with your audience. That's fantastic. And, you know, really, what better combination can you have than inspiring and empowering women and traveling the beautiful world we live in? Um, I think that's a great complement to each other. Absolutely. I think travel is one of the best things that we can do for our personal growth and our mental health. And I had personally just taken a a bit of a turn that I decided I didn't want to sit in an office all the time. I love my psychotherapy practice. I love my clients, but it wasn't serving me the way that I needed it to for the long term. I really, really like how you listen to your higher self and understand, although I'm really enjoying what I'm doing, it's not really where I'm meant to be. And you were able to take that shift on and move it in the direction that served you better. I really love that. Well, 
a lot of it had to do with the fact that I was very, very sick as of March 3rd, 2014. And I think as maybe many of us in helping professions or healing professions, we get in a rut of doing things out of obligation. And after my medical emergency, I said no to things that I do out of obligation and yes to things that I do for pleasure. That's perfect. We talk a lot about that actually on my show, all about how, you know, we really need to honor our yeses as much as we honor our noes, because that's really what keeps us in alignment with what we really want out of life and helps us give and be of service to others um, to the best that we can be. So, you know, that's absolutely perfect. It's just unfortunate that at sometimes we have to go through an incident or accident or illness in order to remember that for ourselves because I know we we always tell our clients that but we need to remember that for ourselves too I know excuse me sorry I know it's definitely something that at least in counseling and therapy we're really trained to tell other people to advocate for themselves and and do self-care and all these things. And a lot of times healers, caregivers, we're completely either not that time isn't available for us or we're just not making the time for ourselves. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing to really remember as an entrepreneur, our day, if we let it, would never be done. There's always more we can do to grow and improve and we get inspired, but we do need to remember that we have to turn it off and go home and enjoy the other side of our life as well. And, you know, I think it's specifically, that's specifically challenging for women. And what I have found and what I enjoy sharing, and which is going to be the the focus of the upcoming event I have in February, is that when you really start doing things that you love, then that feeling of pressure or force, or I have to do this, or I have to do that. Sorry, Rochelle, you cut it there for a second. Do you mind sharing that again? Oh, I'm sorry. What? Where did you? Where did you? Uh, where did Your I event cut off? In February. Oh, the event in February uh, is all about selling from an authentic place, and really, selling isn't the best word because when we fall into exactly what we're thrilled to be doing, then selling doesn't really. Our ideal clients just kind of come to us. And uh, as you were talking about kind of doing things that lead to burnout or um, lead to us neglecting ourselves, I, I, ha- I was thinking, I was like, um, you know, I don't really have that so much anymore. And it's because when you get lined up with what you really want to do, things really do just start to come a little bit easier. And I do, I work all the time. I am constantly thinking about my business, but there's not this force or pressure that was there when I was doing things that that didn't end up working out because I was trying to force them. There's a different sort of energy. And I definitely work, I probably work more now than what I ever have, but it is easier because I'm doing exactly what I want to do. 
Yeah, I can totally resonate with that. You know, when I was working in social work, I can remember I kept getting pneumonia. And this one particular day, I had a fever of 103. And that day I worked 17 hours. And, you know, I made the decision, you know, never again. I will never again put myself in that position. And you're right. When you're doing what you love, it doesn't feel like work. And um, my son said something absolutely fabulous. He's home from Florida this week and he works on tall ships and he's been in Key West, Florida, living the life there. And, you know, my dad said something to him about, you know, are you enjoying this work? And he said, you know, I haven't worked in months because he just loves what he's doing so much. It doesn't feel like work. And really, if you're going to have your own business and you're going to be being of service of others, you really need to be loving what you're doing. Um, and that's how you really know you're in alignment. Absolutely. And I, you know, I can't, I also kind of go back and forth on this because there's not always the opportunity to be in, you know, your dream job or your just the most, the thing that you are just most passionate about. And a lot of people ask me, well, what do you, you know, that's just not available to me right now. So what do you say to that? And I completely get it. I worked in a lot of jobs, but it wasn't exactly my life's mission or my dream job. And I really found it always helpful that when I took the experience and made it about me or something that I was going to benefit from in the long run and gave it a purpose that was mine rather than feeling taken advantage of or feeling like I was being used in some way, that, you know, that you may even find new skills that you didn't know that you had being kind of stuck in this position that, oh, well, this isn't the ideal thing that I want to do. Um, But there's a lot to learn when we're not in our ideal spot. There sure is. That uncomfortable space, that's where we grow. And, you know, I really believe that we do not have anything in our life that's not there for a reason. It may not make sense at the time, but we do learn and grow from every experience we go through, from every person that we meet. And I can say, you know, I've had many jobs over the years, and certainly they've all played a tiny role in where I am today, for sure. Um, And you've had a lot of different experiences. I mean, certainly working in psychotherapy and now doing, integrating that into more a coaching role and, and empowering women and travel. And you also mentioned that you're going to be having really cool things at your retreats that integrate activity with the lesson or the message that you're wanting your guests to receive. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I am so excited because I am combining the things. So I'm combining the things that I love to do and that I learn from with business masterminds, the technical skills that you need to grow your business, And I learn from doing. I'm a very physical person. I like to be very physically active. And so I had a coach that said to me, Rochelle, what would you want to be doing all day, every day, if you could just pick one or two things and that's all you could do? 
And I was like, well, that's easy. I mean, I kind of I know what those things are. So I'd like to be physically moving, specifically on a trapeze, and reading because I just love to read, and I could read all day long. So how can I make a life where I can be on a trapeze and read? And every time I started to kind of go off in a different direction with my business idea, that didn't lead me back to doing the two things that I love and could do day in and day out, then I knew that I was off track. So I came right back to this is the life that I want. This is my life. This is how I want to live my day-to-day, and I have to make a life that allows that. So I've built these retreats. I've developed these retreats incorporating all of the exciting and fun things that I love to do. So in March, we are going to Cancun. We're going to be on a trapeze, and we're going to do a mastermind about how to get in the flow of your business. We're going to learn a ton of systems to organize and prepare for the remainder of the year. So there will be technical stuff available. I'm awful at systems. I mean, I'm just a mess. So I've brought in experts that can help with that, and then also having a physical experience that you're going to learn from. Now, if trapeze isn't your thing, there's plenty of other things to do there. That's fine. There's no pressure. But moving the body, getting into the body is and seeing a new place. These are all things that are are so important for your business to grow. You need the opportunity to feel creative. You need the opportunity to mastermind and work with other women. So, yeah, I just developed a business around the two things that I want to do for the rest of my life. That's fantastic. I love that. And, you know, I really like how you incorporate that connection between imagination and movement. Because often people see imagination as a cognitive thing and separate from the body. But the really important thing to remember is that it's all integrated. And certainly if you're finding that you are stuck cognitively, getting moving will actually get that moving too. Um, it's all integrating those hand in hand. So I think that's a fantastic way to get women inspired and ignited to move their businesses forward. Yeah, our body is a metaphor. And what we do with our body is a metaphor for everything else in our life. And I love the idea that you can take one little thing. It's like how you, how you pour a cup of tea or how you write a note, how you interact with your spouse on a a little level is indicative of how we approach everything in our life. And when we can learn to approach things in a very mindful and loving way, then that just trickles out into other parts of, of our life and into our business. And that's what our bodies are for. So we should be out there enjoying them and learning what they have to teach us. They have so much to teach us, which I know that you know. (laughs) That's that's your day-to-day is helping people learn to be in their bodies again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, one thing that we both have in common is we both have worked with a lot of people in around pain management and finding various solutions. But you and I have both had an event in our life 
you know, having had a brain injury, that has impacted how we've propelled our life forward as well. So do you have any strategies for people who are really feeling stuck because of their body, like they're not moving or, you know, maybe their body doesn't do what they want it to do anymore, or maybe, you know, they are struggling with brain injury or other things. What are some of the, the ways that you've found or solutions to keep that hope and that spark inspired to keep moving forward? So I can completely relate to your body not doing what it used to do. Um, I had severe and debilitating Lyme disease for over a year and a half, and it was traumatic, a traumatic brain injury as well because I, I couldn't read, actually. I, I didn't recognize my husband. Um, I had severe mental health problems. I was hallucinating, not to mention all the physical pain that I had. So, yeah, I mean, my body doesn't work the way that it did pre, pre-Lyme. And the, the first and primary thing that is the most important is to really love your body wherever it is and whatever it's doing and do not allow self-abuse. Do not criticize. Do not talk down to. Do not demand of. If you would not say this to your loved one, someone that you love dearly, Stop saying it to yourself. And if you don't even realize that you're doing it, then spend some time realizing the thoughts that you're having on a daily basis. So loving your body, your body, anyone who's listening, your body is working as hard as it possibly can to keep you together. And I don't care what shape it's in. It is working as hard as it can. And we have an obligation to our body to love and support it as long as we are in it. Absolutely we do. And, you know, we're given this body to carry us out so that we can be of service, so that we can reach the goals that we want to achieve. And so I think that self-talk is so crucial. And, again, is showing that connection between the mind, the soul, and the body. They're all interrelated. And it's not isolated, you know. So... Issues, whether it's with a brain injury or whether it's with a broken back, it's all interrelated. And we need to, first of all, work on our mindset around, you know, blame, guilt, and that self-abuse that you were speaking about. But we also have to keep loving it and thanking it for getting us as far as we have and make a plan for what it needs to move forward and, you know, in your story, Rochelle, you were really good at listening to your body and moving it forward. Can you share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, I, so I was to the point where I thought that I was dying. And I, so I called my home church. I grew up in the United Methodist Church. I called the church that I had recently just joined, um, the Marble Collegiate Church. And I asked someone to come and pray with me so that I could die. And they not only came and prayed with me, but they gave me someone who was going to pray with me for the next year. And she supported me probably way beyond what a prayer partner would have to do. Um, But it was in kind of 
coming to a realization that I probably wasn't going to be in the world much longer, that I just let go of everything. And I think that the letting go, I was probably holding on way too tight to a lot of things that I didn't need to hold on to. And I just let go. And I was like, you know what? I've done everything that I could. And didn't even realize the self-abuse that I was putting myself through, the isolation that I had kind of allowed to happen because I was working too much. And as soon as I let go, just a flood of resources came into my life that I never would have expected. So letting go of trying so hard and demanding that the body get better when that's really none of our business at all. Our business is to tend to our emotional, spiritual well-being, and the rest of everything works out. I would not be able to be a business owner to this level had I not gone through Lyme's disease. Everything else works out when you let go. Absolutely, it does. And, you know, that's a really great message, and certainly – the letting go piece was a big part of my journey as well. And I can remember the moment, you know, I was speaking with my psychologist at the time around anger and feeling that anger. And he said, okay, well, maybe it's time to forgive. And I can remember at the time thinking like, you're nuts. Like you have no idea everything that I've lost and you want me to forgive. And you know what? He couldn't have been more right. He couldn't have been more right because that was the missing piece. It wasn't about forgiving people who were involved with what happened. It was more around letting go of the anger and moving on so that I could be my new me. And that letting go piece is huge. So I know in transition, which is the theme of this show, because you're in transition right now, you need to have a certain level of being able to let go of what was so that we can embrace what will be. It's always, you know, this and something better. And coming to terms with that, it takes some work, but it's so worth it. And I'm so glad that you transitioned into forgiveness because that that was the one challenge that I was going to propose to anyone listening is that even when I was just beginning to heal, I did a lot of work. Oh, I had so much anger and so much resentment. I mean, you know, pretty much everything physically was taken away from me and mentally, and there was plenty of reason to be resentful at a lot of people and God and I was doing forgiveness work then kind of without even, I wasn't really realizing that that's what I was doing. But now that I'm better, I have deliberately done forgiveness meditations and I would challenge anyone to do a seven-day forgiveness meditation. And there's, sorry, um, there's there's a beautiful one, the Hawaiian meditation. Do you know how to pronounce that, Sam? Are you familiar with that one? No, I'm not actually, but I'm going to look it's, it up. I'm writing it down now. So it's a, it's, it begins with an H. It's like a H-O apostrophe, a really, really long word, ho, ho, <laughs> ho, no, something like that, meditation. 
and it's a you can get it on YouTube. It is a beautiful forgiveness meditation, and they just repeat, um, "Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I love you. Thank you." Something like that. That may not be exactly it, but it's just it's four sentences of, "I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you. Thank you." I think that's, that's what it beautiful. is. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I love you and thank you. Um, I want to look that up and I'll share it for everybody. It's on YouTube and there are, you can just get it on repeat. And I've been saying it not even really with anyone consciously in mind because I feel like I've forgiven consciously everyone and everything that I need to. But we still even have resentments toward ourselves that we're not even aware of. And I just have to keep forgiving myself for making mistakes in the past and for, for giving myself the benefit of the doubt that I was doing the very best that I could with the information that I had. Um, anyone who's been through trauma or especially, especially sexual abuse, there's a lot of of internal blame and shame that goes along with that, that we're carrying and we don't even realize it. Absolutely. It's all that second chakra stuff, but it really plays out in so many different ways in our lives. And, you know, a lot of the people that I work with for readings, a big theme is around forgiveness when they come in. And there have been so many people that, you know, have really needed to work around forgiveness. And then they feel guilty because they love the person so much. And they mistook that love for the forgiveness. And then they feel guilty for carrying resentment. And it's a vicious cycle that keeps spinning and spinning and certainly isn't going to get any of us where we need to go. And guilt is, I always describe to my clients the two different types of guilt. One is the irrational guilt where we apologize for every move that we make, and we as women are so notoriously horrible at this. Um, I mean, I caught myself just doing it the other day. It's like, what? there's nothing for me to be sorry for. Why am I constantly apologizing for my existence? It's invalidating and it's hurtful when we feel guilt for no reason. And then there's the guilt that we need, which is I did something out of my values that I shouldn't have done. I messed up. And maybe I, I broke a value that I have. And that guilt is important. You know, we should feel guilty when we do something that we're not supposed to do. That's how we function with each other. But this whole irrational guilt, I feel bad for having emotions. I feel bad because I was bad. I feel bad because I have depression. I feel bad because I'm not a good enough spouse, even though I'm doing everything that I can. Like, no. It's an energy suck, and it should stop. Absolutely. And even around the guilt that we feel when we've done something, as you mentioned, that is so important. It's necessary. That's what keeps us human. Um. However, carrying that forever and always, that's when it turns into that irrational guilt. We need to understand that 
we have done the best we can with what we had. You can feel bad for what you've done as long as you use that as a catalyst to do better next time. And use that as your catalyst for change, understanding <clears throat> that going forward, you will do better. Um, when it becomes an issue is when we keep repeating the same behavior, then it's not serving us. I, you're exactly right, Sam. And even that guilt, the, the guilt that we need to keep us in line with our values, it isn't supposed to stick around forever. I mean, we get sad, we move out of sadness. We are happy, we move out of happiness into something else. And guilt is no different. It should be a flow, it should be a feeling, but it's felt and moved on and hopefully a catalyst to do something bigger and better. Absolutely. And, you know, if you think about a child and they've done something wrong, you know, we, we'll sit down with them and process what they did, why it wasn't okay, and, yeah, they're going to feel bad. But you end it with a hug and let them know that you still love them. And if we know to do that with a child, we need to remember to do that with ourselves because we also have a child inside that's looking for approval. Um, and like you said, it's the catalyst for change, and then we move on from that. Absolutely. Okay. So before we had finish up because we've only got about 15 minutes or so and I want to talk a little bit more about your business. I also would love to talk a little bit more about the transition and how that's looking but I'm wondering while we're on this topic about our bodies and being kind to ourselves and love you taught me a lot even just in one conversation about Lyme disease and from that, I've shared that with three different people who are going and getting tested. Can you help our listeners know what are some of the key signs of Lyme, maybe dispel a couple of the myths, and share with them why it's important to get tested? Okay, so let's start with testing. First of all, testing is only 30% reliable at its very best. The primary test, if you ask for a test at the physician's office, would be called the Western blot or the ELISA test. These tests are notoriously inaccurate, and because doctors are not advised to treat Lyme disease, they will often say, even when there's a positive, well, you probably don't have it anyway. So testing, good luck. Now, there are some tests that are a little bit more reliable, there's one called Igenic, which has a, a bit higher rate of reliability. That was a test that I took. Um, testing is very complicated. However, there is a shift in our healthcare system. Some obvious signs. If you have a bullseye rash, if you've been at <clears throat> a place where you were near, near a tick, and ticks are not the only place that you can get Lyme disease, but maybe the most commonly known. If you have what looks like a bullseye on your body, and they can be as, as small as a quarter, they can be as large as your entire abdomen, then you need to go to the doctor immediately, safely remove the tick, save the tick in a bag, and take it to the doctor because they can have it tested um, And they will most likely treat you with a short dose of antibiotics. Now, for a lot of people, that will work. 
and there's no other problem. For some of us, however, that short-term of antibiotics does not eradicate the Lyme bacteria, and we're left with chronic symptoms of Lyme. Those, the initial symptoms are, are classic flu-like symptoms. A pain in the back of the neck is traditionally a red flag that you have Lyme as opposed to just the flu. But Lyme is a great mimicker. It can, it can mimic any symptoms from MS to arthritis to heart disease. Um, in its acute form, it can cause heart attack. So I encourage you to find resources on Lyme's disease. There are so many resources now that are available. Um, Lyme can look pretty much like anything. Uh, I mean, what there was a famous country singer who just, he had Alzheimer's, and then they started treating him for Lyme's disease, and I'm trying to think of his name, and, and it was actually Lyme. He didn't actually have Alzheimer's. He had Lyme, and his Alzheimer's symptoms have been reversed. Chris Christopherson, that's who it is. Wow, wow. That must be really frustrating if you've been thinking that it's something and you're trying to treat it or fearful that it can't be cured. Meanwhile, there is a cure out there that can definitely significantly reduce your symptoms if we know how to look for it. And it is a challenge having it masked as so many different illnesses. And you had mentioned as well that it can also impact mental health, brain function, all sorts of other things as well, cognitively as well. Yes, it's a, it is a bacterial infection, so, and it can cross the blood-brain barrier. So if someone is exhibiting severe rage, severe psychiatric symptoms, these could be signs of a blood infection. Things like cat scratch fever are known to cause severe rage in individuals, and that is treated with, that can be treated. It's a blood parasite. Um, these are things that can be treated, but our challenge right now as a medical system is the diagnosis of, we just don't have the technology to properly diagnose. So Chinese medicine, <clears throat> if you go toward herbal medicine, and I'm not, I'm not for one or the other, I just happen to choose Chinese medicine, However, if you go toward Chinese medicine, they don't really pay attention to its diagnostic test. They only look at your symptoms. And then as the symptoms diminish, they know that they're on the right track. And that was, that was the approach that I took. Homeopathy, I know several people who were also cured through homeopathic methods as well as changing their diet. So there, there are tons of good information about there, and I, I actually just spoke with another woman yesterday whose husband was cured of chronic Lyme disease. So it is not a death sentence, although it can be fatal, um, but it's just a matter of getting directed to the right information. Thank you so much for sharing that, because, you know, a lot of people do see that as a death sentence and they don't believe they can be helped. So I really encourage you, um, if you're listening and you are considering whether you know 
possibly you have Lyme disease, or perhaps you have other symptoms that no one can explain and nothing seems to be working, keep trying. Keep trying different things and maybe try something or go to someone you wouldn't normally go to. You know, if, if you've been trying a very strong medical route, maybe try um, an Eastern medicine route or vice versa. There are lots of different solutions out there, but this is something that is being cured in others, so I trust that it can be cured in you as well. And certainly, Rochelle, having had that experience, you've now been able to move that forward to help inspire so many people, and you're even doing public speaking and education around this. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, I was pleasantly surprised to be invited to speak at uh, Robert Kennedy Jr.'s launch of his latest project, which is the World Mercury Project. The World Mercury Project has a mission to get mercury out of our healthcare systems in, in terms of our vaccines and our dental amalgams. There is no reason for it to be there, and there's a strong amount of evidence that it causes significant damage. I was mercury poisoned by two amalgam fillings, I, and then I had them removed and was re-poisoned, uh, which was also during the time that I was healing from Lyme. So I spoke about the connection between Lyme and mercury, as well as the shift in our healthcare system to start paying attention to Lyme. Lyme is the fastest growing infectious disease in the country. Uh, not a lot of people know that. So it's important that we are prepared for this is a health crisis that we're in that most people are not even aware of because it's not even tested for. That said, I am always happy to share my experience and my uh, ability to heal, which I am extremely grateful for. Um, and it just allowed me to shift gears in my life to focus on what was the most important. And I, I couldn't be more thankful. And, you know, I'm also so grateful that you have been able to make that shift because you empower so many people by sharing. And um, that's definitely a beautiful gift that we all are to be grateful for. And I just want to highlight something that you were talking about. You know, it, Lyme disease is the fastest growing. Um, and it's not an issue just in the states and in the mountains. Like, I know there's a lot of stereotypes out there that people say, oh, it's just in the southern U.S. Or, you know, oh, I didn't go hiking in the mountains. I'm good. This issue is happening in cities. People are getting ticks at playgrounds. Um, and it's not isolated geographically. It is, it's all over North America. So it's something that we need to all be conscious of, be aware of, and learn more about so that we can protect ourselves and the people we love. Yeah, there are there are hundreds of strains of the Lyme bacteria, and they are found all over the world. And it, a medical professional that tells you, oh, Lyme disease is not in this community is misinformed. And they are also using a definition of Lyme disease that only accounts for a specific strain of Lyme. So when the doctor says, oh, we don't have Lyme here, sure, you may not have 
the specific strain of Lyme disease which was found in Lyme, Connecticut, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that Lyme doesn't exist. That bacteria is everywhere. Absolutely. So thank you so much for raising that awareness because that is how people can become more protected and have a greater understanding so that they can learn and at some point, hopefully, working together with all this knowledge, we will become better informed and also there will become better diagnostic tools so that people do not have to suffer anymore. Because if you know someone with Lyme disease, And as you've gone through, there is some suffering involved. There is a loss of quality of life involved. And it is among one of the invisible diseases that people don't necessarily acknowledge as something being wrong. So I just want to share that so people will approach this with more compassion and more knowledge that they can help others. Thank you so much, Sam. Yeah, thank you for sharing. That's huge. And so I just want to wrap up because this is our Women in Business series and you've been going through this transition. So you still have your practice part-time plus you have your retreats and everything that you are getting together with Travel with Ascend, which I hope everyone checks out your beautiful website um, and your retreats coming up. So how many retreats do you have planned for 2017? Oh, geez. So right now I have four and a fifth one on the way. <laughs> so, so like my, like my baby. Um, yeah. So as of right now, we're going to first stop is New York City, my current home for sexy sales in the city. If you're looking for something to do around Valentine's Day um, in terms of growing your business, you'll want to come join us at Cancun for getting in the flow of your systems of your business. Uh, We have Ireland for those of us who have been in a transition, either a medical transition, relationship transition. We're going to rock your recovery and get you back into your business on the coast of Ireland, the gorgeous, gorgeous coast. And we've got a a bunch more that will be popping up on the website. So those are the, the top ones that I'm most excited about. Oh, very good. Thank you. And, you know, if you're ever heading this way, Rochelle, you'll have to come and visit us at Grounded Roots Wellness and also, um, you know, maybe check out Niagara on the Lake with all the beautiful vineyards. Yes, that sounds great. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I can handle another idea for another trip right now, but yes. I'm just planting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So finally, what are three things that you feel women should consider when they're developing their business or when they're feeling something inside telling them it's time to shift? What are three things they should keep in mind? Three things. First one is, are you clear? Do you know who you're talking to? Do you have your your ideal client avatar? Treat that person as if they are an actual person that you've brought over for dinner. So get crystal clear on that one ideal client. I promise you're not losing money. You're actually, you will attract more people as long as you know who it is that you're focusing on. And uh, the next thing 
is to when you're when you're looking to pivot and you're like, oh, I maybe I should be changing something or doing something. Is this feeling forced? Is what you're doing feeling forced? And if it is, you're probably in need of a pivot. If it's not feeling forced, you're just getting distracted. Then you might want to check in with a mentor who's going to be able to help you that knows you well and tells the difference. Because we couldn't do anything worse than jumping from project to project and not finishing. And Absolutely. the third thing is, yeah, yeah. And if you're having trouble finishing, then find a supportive group of women that are going to push you forward and keep you on track. And ask, ask for support. Always ask. You have no idea who is out there willing to help you, and there are plenty of people willing to help you. Very good. Thank you. And, you know, I really remind everybody, all good coaches have coaches. You know, we're not, we're not in this alone. There's so many different places that we can get resources and assistance and asking for help will build you stronger, whether it's in health, whether it's with pain management, whether it's with your business, whether it's in relationships, ask for help. It's out there for you. Rochelle, thank you so much for joining us today. And how can our listeners connect with you? So you can join my Facebook group, Fempreneur's Journey. So Fem, F-E-M-P-R-E-N-E-U-R-S, Journey, on Facebook. And that's where I'm kind of documenting all the travels. I'll be posting where we're going you can also go to my website, travelwithasin.com, and you can, yeah, reach out to me on Facebook. That's probably the best way to get in touch with me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. And if you're looking to connect with me further, you can reach me all the time at www.groundedrootswellness.ca. And I'm also spending quite a bit of time on Facebook, and you can find me at Grounded Roots Wellness Inc or my other page, Sam Black, Certified Psychic Medium and Wellness Coach. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I will be back at 2 p.m. with the lovely Jenna Goodhand, and we will be wrapping up our Women in Business series today. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope that you have been finding some of the information is a little bit overlapping, and I think that is not by accident. You know, all these successful women have some great strategies, so if you're hearing a message over and over again, please take note. Those are the big takeaways. And remember the stories because these women are truly inspiring and I encourage you to connect with them. Have a beautiful day. I'm looking forward to two o'clock while I'll talk to you soon. And always trust your heart. Go with your gut.